Yeah, absolutely. For using it to where you want to go, because we are not where we want to go because we don't think we're that woman yet. Mm. And that is because of perceived lack, perceived dissonance, perceived separation within ourselves. That's actually what anxiety is. It's perception that we are separate. But the, the big question here that somatics really answers is how do I then become her? How do I change myself? How do I rewire my beliefs? This is the bridge. Welcome to the Be It Till You See It podcast, where we talk about taking messy action, knowing that perfect is boring. I'm Leslie Logan, Pilates instructor and fitness business coach. I've trained thousands of people around the world, and the number one thing I see stopping people from achieving anything is self-doubt. My friends, action brings clarity, and it's the antidote to fear. Each week, my guests will bring bold, executable, intrinsic, and targeted steps that you can use to put yourself first and be it till you see it. It's a practice, not a perfect. Let's get started. Hey loves. Okay. I am so excited for us to have another conversation around somatics. And also I love the way that our guest this week really explains how you can actually apply it in your life and how you can actually help others around you. I think there's some really great gems in here that you're going to want to write down. <laughs> there's also some amazing permission in this episode. So Carrie Ford is our guest this week and you're going to hear how I met her in this life. And I'm just so excited after we got off the podcast, we plan our next trips. And I, I share that with you because Y'all, life gets really busy. It's actually always busy and people are always busy. And so those people that mean something to you in your life, you have to actually make the time for it. It doesn't have to be every Saturday or something that's super consistent, but you actually do have to be intentional about it. And so I think what you're going to find in this podcast is how intentionality is really going to support you in your journey of being it till you see it. And so without further ado, here is Carrie Ford. loves it's here opc summer camp you know that thing we started last year well we're doing it again this year and we're making it bigger and better than ever because we have teachers from all over the world which means all day long you can nerd out with me at camp zoom from the comfort of your own home in your favorite pilates workout outfit without having to get bugs or dirt or weird camp food that's like some weird slot no you can have the amazing food from your own home you can be whatever clothes you want to be in and you can join us all day long for whatever workouts and workshops you sign up for in fact you can even do a whole day pass and save the most money in fact, up to 56% off if you buy the day pass. So go to opc.me slash events to see the full schedule and lineup of events. If you only have access to a mat, we've got plenty of stuff for you. We've got reformer. We've got some happy hip reformer with you. We've got so many amazing things. You can go to opc.me slash events to see the whole schedule, all 14 teachers and all the goodness that's going to happen at Camp Zoom. And I'm your camp director. Woo! All right, be it babes. I am so excited. Um, you might remember a while back, when I was doing a recap with Brad and I said, yeah, I made a date with a few girls that I have never met and they're coming out to Vegas and we're going to hang out and we're going to go out for dinner. And we're going to spend this weekend together. And people and people are like, you don't know each other yet? We're like, nope, we don't. And so <laughs> we became very fast friends. I feel like I've known these women my whole life now, even though it's in such a short stint. So Carrie Ford is our guest today. She's an incredible woman. Carrie, can you tell everyone who you are and what you're rocking? First of all, I just love how we came into each other's worlds. And it's so true. People are like, you guys are acting like you've known each other for years. And I feel like on some level, because of our parallel in fitness and our, our work there, we have. Yeah. So my name is Carrie Ford, and I'm the CEO of Elevate with Carrie. 
And I'm a transformational coach. I started in fitness as a certified personal trainer, and that was my first experience with coaching. And uh, with the World Wide Web and the world of social media, I realized there was a demand for taking things online. But I was one of the OGs, and it was back before you could even really hire a coach to help you figure out what the fuck you were doing. (laughs) And so... I went back to corporate and then I came back to coaching and I, I elevated and went through my own transformation. Um, and I just get to share the beautiful world of somatics with uh, women that truly want to change their life from the inside out. So it's still wellness related, but I realized the intuitive eating component I had spent a long time teaching was just part of the work that I was doing and the bigger picture. Yeah. So you, I know it's crazy that we are both in LA doing fitness. Like I'm sure we cross paths at some point, just didn't even know it. Um, but what was that? So you went back to core, but was that change like for you to go from fitness to coaching and like somatic coaching and being a transformational coach? Um, that, that I'm sure has a nice windy way of getting there, but like, did you know this we were going for as you started on that journey or were you kind of figuring it out as you went along? Oh, I've always been ever figuring it out. I feel like it's been <laughs> the longest friggin' path because when you're the first to do things in the online space, you're trying to figure it out for the first time along with all of the other first timers. And I remember like watching other people kind of experience their big break, if you will, and being like, what am I doing wrong here? Like, how am I not how can I have other people besides my mom liking my post, you know? And it was really a whole different way to apply what I knew and, and, um, teach, you know, online, but I had no idea that I was headed to really be a somatics um, professional because I didn't even know what that was. Yeah. I just, it's almost like I danced with that concept for a very long time without really even knowing that I was always gathering tools to teach this. Yeah. So just in case, um, we'll, we'll just say it for Brad, uh, <laughs> can you explain like what somatics is and like how, how that, how that make, how that's a special type of coaching? Yeah. Somatics is the mind body connection, which are actually have never been separate, but most people think they're kind of, um, how do I say it in just like layman's terms that they just, they feel kind of at war with themselves, right? Like take diet mentality, for example, it's a really easy way to be like, my body hates me. It's never doing what I want it to do. And, um, this is where we can use the power of our mind and our nervous system to truly create new experiences like in the physical world. So, um, yeah, it's a really powerful Mm. way to teach the mind body connection. Um, and it really gets you back into your body where you have felt disconnected. Yeah. Like where some people like kind of like walk around just in their head and disconnected from their body. You're like bringing them back into that and then using Mm -hmm. that to heal it themselves and take them where they want to go. Totally. That's cool. So were you transformational coaching before somatics or was that kind of that actually happened after becoming a somatics coach? What was that like? No, I was, tra- I was coaching transformation before I was just using a lot more, um, mindset and thought rewiring and reframing. So for example, um, I still use this actually, because I, I do believe in doing all the different things that I've collected along the way. And one is called flip the script. So this is really fun. And for those that are listening that want to try something like this, it's identifying the belief that you have that seemingly is in opposition to what it is you say you want. So for example, uh, you might say, I always want to have a coach. Well, all of a sudden there's this belief that also argues that point. So that's what you want. But then you notice, oh, I have a thought and the thought is saying, well, that's too expensive. 
So then you write both of those things down, right? Mm. So your goal or what you want to achieve is I always want to have a coach. Then you notice the opposing thought. So you write down the opposing thought and that says that's expensive. And then you write down the flip the script. And so what we're doing there is writing down something that might feel like a lie at first, which is I can always afford coaching. That might be an example of flipping the script, but we want to, we want to put a book on the shelf of doubt that that belief that's opposing what you want is actually not true. We want to actually start to say, well, maybe there's another possibility that's available to me here. Mm -hmm. Maybe I don't believe it yet, but is it possible? Yes. Yeah. So that's something that I use, for example, um, and had used before I knew somatic work. Yeah, that's really I mean, I think we, um, I just interviewed a, a, a woman who had a brain tumor and she had all these because of a four day migraine that the brain tumor caused, like she ended up having this paralysis and she was doing so much mindset work. I'm like, I'm healed. I'm healing all the time. Like my body is healing, like saying those things. And then all of a sudden, like parts of her body started working again that weren't working before. Like it's this incredible thing that we have this power. And yes, there are, our brain doesn't like to be in dissonance. So of course, if you can't afford something, you're like, I can always afford that. Like that's, that is not exactly where the brain loves to be. But if you can start to seek out evidence that will prove that that thought is true at some point, that is what you're wanting your brain to start going. So you can, you can make that transformation happen. Totally. So through the somatic work that might look a little different, we might use the sensations in the body Mm. to listen to what it's saying, where our current beliefs are. Um, And it's a little less about the words and more about the sensations in the body. And what that could look like is, okay, so, you know, they might be saying, well, I notice like a tightening in my throat as you say that belief. Oh, okay. So what is, is there, are there words that want to be spoken? What else can you tell me about that feeling in your throat? If there were a color, what color is it? If there were a smell. And so we really just, we bring deep awareness to the consciousness of ourselves Mm. and the sensations in the body. So it's just a different access point. And I love the example you gave because that really does show you the mind and the body are never separate. The body follows what the mind says. And if we can, in fact, bring them into union Somatics is just a different access point in in doing that. And I think it truly accelerates healing. Okay. So this is interesting. I've done because my, um, my therapist does somatics. And so oftentimes she's like, where do you feel this in your body? And sometimes I'm like, I don't know. (laughs) Where do I feel this in my body? (laughs) Totally. But even noticing where, when a client for me, they look up, I'll ask them how they feel. Mm. And then they look up. That tells me they're in their thinking mind of what they think they feel versus what they feel they feel or know they feel. Oh, that, that is, well, that's so interesting. It's like when people look around before they answer the question, it's like, oh, are you trying to figure out what you're going to (laughs) say? They're in the thinking mind, right? Mm. Yeah. So, so can we have some more examples of the somatic thing? Because like you just mentioned, um, the throat thing and, and what I have, I've had a client who every time she would go on a date, she'd lose her voice. Like she would like, I'm not kidding. And (laughs) like, she would go on one date and she'd lose her voice. And I, and I was like, what is there's got to be something going on with that. That is not like one time. Yeah. Okay. Two times, yeah. we're not three times. Like either you stop dating or we get <laughs> something's going on. Yeah. That's a pattern. And that shows that there's likely a trauma imprint and a feedback loop that's present. So I would, you know, ask her if she's able to connect in that moment. Right. And so how I would start this and the way I do this in my millionaire mindset meditations is I always bring you into stillness in your body. So we might say, 
Okay, I'm going to have you take a few deep breaths, and I want you to bring awareness to your back against the chair, the chair against your back, and just feeling how supported you are. And you're going to close off the visual cortex, the eyes, close the eyes, because that's a little bit easier for people to access within. And I'm going to have you look down toward the heart space, even though your eyes are closed. So those are a few cues I might walk somebody through to bring them in. Mm -hmm. So they can avoid then going into the thinking mind because the eyes are not open and searching. Mm -hmm. And so we're, we're just in the experience of where our body is, like where our feet physically are. That's a very grounding thing to do. And then I might say, if you're able to access it in this moment, can you go back to um, that feeling that you get when you're on the date or, or maybe when you feel like the throat is almost going to lose your voice or you have lost your voice, wherever she's able to connect to, mm-hmm. might be kind of far along in the process, for mm-hmm. example. So she might only be able to connect to after it's happened. What we want to do is kind of walk her back to where she notices, oh, this is always how I feel in anticipation of the date, perhaps. Oh, interesting. Continually manifesting this experience. So it says that something's happening in her body that's saying, I don't feel safe here. I'm powerless, voiceless, whatever. And so we want to walk her back to that, right? So can you can you connect to that feeling or sensation in your body? And she might say, ooh, yeah, I notice I'm like salivating a lot. I feel tightness in my chest and my throat. And you're like, okay, great. And tell me a little bit more about that. Are there any other sensations? Like if it had a texture, you know? Um, and then you could you could walk her back into, um, there's a few different ways here, which is why I'm kind of bumbling over my words. It depends on the client, right? Yeah. You might say, does that feel familiar anywhere else that you've noticed in your life? Where else does that feel familiar? And she's like, oh, dots connected where that imprint took place. Um, or you might say, if you want to, if you feel safe here, um, are you open to communicating with this energy, this block, this sensation and ask it why it's there? Oh, this is the young part of me that really felt voiceless and uh, unsafe around men. Again, I'm totally ripping. Yeah, we're just up, making this up. Be, yeah, right. Yeah, but, but I, I'm following. Yeah, that's an, yeah. So that's that's how that could look. So this is so this is fascinating because you can use somatics as far as like healing, unchanging a pattern that you have in your life. Have you used it to become more of the person that you want to be? Like, is it is it only for releasing, or is it also can it also be used for like where you want to go? Yeah, absolutely. For using it to where you want to go, because we are not where we want to go because we don't think we're that woman yet. Mm. And that is because of perceived lack, perceived dissonance, perceived separation within ourselves. That's actually what anxiety is. It's perception that we are separate. But the, the big question here that somatics really answers is how do I then become her? How do I change myself? How do I rewire my beliefs? This is the bridge. Yeah. Okay. This is where I want to know. This is where I want to dive in if we can't, because I believe that like, we don't like, if you're waiting until things happen to become the person you want to be, you'll never become that person. You'll just wake up years later going, oh, I'm supposed to just act like that person now. (laughs) Right. Like that's how the stories always go. So I'm wondering, like for all the people listening, obviously they're like, okay, I'm trying to be it till I see it. Like they're recovering perfectionists. They've got imposter syndrome. These things come up. How can you use somatics to like, become that person now so that you don't have that dissonance and you don't create that anxiety. So fear doesn't go away at any level. We just learn to embrace it more. So going back to your question, the first point I want to make when you asked, when do you use somatics? Is it just to release or is it also to become it's both? 
Um, because as we release, we then expand our capacity in our nervous system and therefore what feels safe to have, hold, keep, et cetera. Um, I'm going to give an example here of something physical. So back when I was in Tulum with uh, Jake, my partner, we did cliff jumping and I jumped four stories off into the cenote and I had never even, I don't even know if I've jumped off the high dive. Anyway, my body felt wildly unsafe. And yet I had no physical proof that I was going to be unsafe. Jake had done this jump, but my baseline of fear that I had only ever had to compare it to was like super low, right? Maybe I'd only jumped 10 feet. So my body and my mind is like, you're only going to be safe if you jump back because you've done that before. The evidence you have says you will be safe. And so this is insane. And so I knew that was the reason I needed to do it to free myself from that talk track. So I did take the take the jump and my baseline of fear shifted because now I was no longer the woman who didn't take the jump. I was mm. the woman who did. Yeah. So yeah. I choose to put my body in new visceral experiences. You can do this at home with free therapies like cold showers. You, your mind will tell you you are going to die and you can't do another second longer. And oh my God, I can't do this. And that is the reason you must. Mm. Oh, I love that. It's also like if you're doing breath work, you know, there's like that. The If you do a bottom hold, I find those to be a little easier than like a top hold, which is like where you hold the air in because there's like the brain is like, I need to take a breath in. Yeah, and I'm like, suffocating. Yeah. And if you can just like, you know, obviously we don't do it unconscious, but like take an extra second and show that you can. You can, can, like, you can go one more second. You can give your body that, ne- that next experience. That is really cool. I love that story actually I, a lot. <laughs> I, I, I like, I, I feel like I've been that person in other experiences. Like Brad's trying to get me to climb like a rock that's like five stories tall. And I'm like, I want to be the woman that does this. <laughs> I'm so yeah. scared to death right now. <laughs> Totally. And like that fear doesn't really go away if you choose to live your life on the edge, both Mm. physically and emotionally, right? But the edge really I'm talking about is at the nervous system capacity. So we want to dance on the edge, but we don't want to go over it. Mm -hmm. We don't want to overwhelm the system so that you go into shutdown or a trauma response, but we want to dance on the edge so we can practice stretching and expanding and then create new evidence. I'm safe. I've been here before. I'm familiar with this fear. And I know on the other side of it, I've been okay. So I can do this again and again, and I can do that faster. I see this all the time when I help high achieving women apply this to their decision-making. What feels irresponsible, um, often they can say, oh, wait a minute, I've been here before in my body. Maybe I've experienced it with rock climbing, but now I can apply it to business. How can Mm. I be a little bit more, um, how can I expand my risk tolerance here? Mm. Oh, that's so interesting. Yeah, it's like so transferable in different Mm -hmm. ways. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Nothing separate. Yeah. So, you know, I think, um, I'm like thinking about people who I know listen to the show and I think like nine along, they're all, most of them are, are in movement of some kind, like some sort of movement professional. So I think oh. they're like, yep, yep. Totally agree it. Um, and then, <laughs> and then there's like family and partners and all these responsibilities that are on them. And so how, I know you're a mom and you have a partner, how how do you balance like trying to cha- challenge is the wrong word, but like how to train, retrain the body that like, okay, I can take this tolerance level. I can take this tolerance level. And also like the regular life <laughs> with all the things that are going, like, I feel like I'd be like, okay, I'm doing this. Oh, you want food. Okay. <laughs> do you know what I mean? How do you actually balance all of that? Or can, can you? 
So the question, just so I'm clear, is how do you apply it in real life? Yeah. Like if you, if you're, if you're like, yes, I believe this, I'm doing all these things. And then there's like life happening. And so it's, you know, like in a vacuum, it can be like on a retreat or at a workshop. It can be like, yes, I get this. And then you go back into your household and you go back into your routines and like, you know, some things you can change. I can change my morning routine a bit. I don't have kids, but like other people, they have families that they have to support and they can't change their routines too. Yeah. I mean, I think the deepest, like most masterful level of being the embodiment is also letting this be your walking meditation, if you will. Like we don't have to sit in a session with a somatic, you know, practitioner to necessarily always access our peace. And I say this when I lead retreats, like, let's not make this a going to church experience where we're like, hallelujah. I'm so fucking inspired. Like, yes, sister, like, I love it. And then you go home and you're fucking right back where you were before the retreat. This is about taking what you learn and applying it in your everyday. So we'll start with small changes. We call this titration in somatics. Um, One of the beautiful, beautiful examples they give of this is if you have two separate chemicals in beakers and you pour one into the other really fast, it explodes. But if you take these two explosive chemicals that are separate and you take a dropper and you titrate it drop by drop, it fizzes and it combines. It fizzes and it combines and slowly over time, they're combined, but they're changed. Mm. It's called titration. So we've got to go slow and expand, feel safe, relax, integrate. And we've got to go slow, expand, relax, integrate. And that's really a dance. So it's small practices throughout the day. It's inviting your partners into those conversations and being willing to do things differently with your eyes open walking throughout the day, right? Mm-hmm. So now it's an, an example in partnership. I feel triggered. Ooh, I know this place in my body. I feel anxious. It's fluttery. This feels like how I am when I'm unsafe. This is a reason for me now to vocalize it where I maybe haven't before. Hey, I'm feeling really triggered right now. There's something very activated and alive in my body. And I wanted to share with you just simply for sharing, just just because you're going to share and you're going to lean into that. So that's how you start to create change in your home. You can't compartmentalize it, especially once you shift your way of being. So this is like a total, to me, I just say it's like a B until you see it. It's like, how do you get the family on board with it? You actually have to be the, like, be the conversation you wish was happening around you so that it can happen Mm -hmm. around you. So sharing that moment with them. Totally. And at the end of the day, we can't change the people around us, but especially if you're a mom and the kids are, they may not have words for the experience or the shift, but they will mirror you because that's what mirror neurons do. And so if you're mirroring anxiety, they'll mirror it back. If you're mirroring peace and calm and groundedness, they will mirror it back. So you will just see what is alive in you uh, in two little bodies running around if you have two kids like me. <laughs> I, I, that is so true. I mean, like we, I mean, we don't have actual human children, but our four-legged ones, if we are anxious or frustrated or like something just goes wrong and like we react out loud, the dogs will wake yes. up from their amazing slumber and they're like, yeah. and then they're on edge and they're like walking around and they're barking at things. And, <laughs> and then yeah. we're yelling at them for barking. And they're like, but I'm doing this for you. Like <laughs> this is the energy yeah. you're putting out there. <laughs> yeah. That's called attuning to someone else's nervous mm-hmm. system. Yeah. So an example would be birds where one bird flies away and the other birds don't even think they just fly. Yeah. They're all gone. The whole <laughs> They're tuning. Yeah. So, um, so I, I, I totally understand the tuning because like 
Brad and I don't share an office anymore. We used to. And, and we have different times that we work in the day and we have different ways of working. And so like, I was like, this tuning is not working for me. (laughs) I need to be in my own (laughs) office. But, you know, um, I think like even with both partners being on board with like having these conversations and, and, and working through these feelings and saying, and saying what's on their mind, uh, don't, do you find, like, I find like sometimes I'm having the conversation, the other person's like having a great day. And then they're having the conversation in the middle of my great day. And like, do you, do you, do you ever, do you ever see like, it's that each person's kind of going on at their own space or have you and your partner found that you're kind of going at, at the same pace? Both. I think it just depends. Um, there are often times where I'm holding space for him and there's nothing to say, do, fix, provide other than to listen and to be still and to be grounded in that. Um, I don't join him in his, you know, anxiety. I am grounded enough in myself that I don't need to. Right. Mm-hmm. And that is through the practice of somatic work that I've done on myself. Now, a previous, more sensitive version of me that didn't know how to harness this empathic superpower would attune to that partner's uh, nervous system. And then we'd both be in the tornado of like chaos and anxiety. So I don't need to join him because I don't need to fix him. And so, and then it'll flip flop or sometimes we're both kind of like, Ugh, this is a yucky day. You know, like, what do we want to do here? What's, how can we create more joy? What experience do we want to have? Yeah. I think like asking those questions, is really true. And it, and, um, I love that you shared like being grounded in yourself. I think, um, depending on who you're in relationship with, like for us, I know like when Brad's like, I'm having anxiety around this right now, I'm like, okay, have a seat at the red light. <laughs> do you, mm-hmm. would you like some suggestions on some meditations to do, or do you have one you want to use, you know, and vice versa? It's like, okay. <laughs> it's like, you don't yeah. actually have to go there with them to, to support them. And I think a lot of times people feel like, oh, I need to like meet them where they are. I can't really have the great day that I'm having if they're having an, a, a moment. It's like, no, actually, you can actually be grounded in yourself. I love that you said that and allow them to have their moment and feel seen and feel heard, yeah. which probably will take a lot of that anxiety away. And it's actually more loving and more compassionate not to join them because what they need is to be with their feelings and know that that's okay. Mm. We so often go quickly into clean it up, right? You're crying. Let me hand you a tissue. Hurry up, put yourself back together. Messes aren't allowed. Big feelings are uncomfortable. The only person they're uncomfortable for is the person listening. So if you find that you are going into rescuing mode, any listeners out there, or you're the one providing the tissue, or you instantly go to console them to try and fix, what would happen if you just sat with your discomfort of their big emotions? Because that's about you, not them. And then everyone gets to just be okay with their own experience. Oh my gosh. Would the world be a different place? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And women are just, you know, so groomed in this fond response that it's a slippery slope. You don't even know you're doing it sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, that I definitely think that's an, uh, will be a challenge for some people, but I also like, I hope you're, if you're listening to this, like it's a welcoming challenge. Like you don't have to fix anything. Like you don't have to do it. Like you free. just like <laughs> so free in that space. Mm-hmm. So I'm just a, like, wow, I trust that they can have their own experience. And it means nothing about me. Right. <laughs> oh my God. Um, that is, that is phenomenally freeing. You know, I, 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 I imagine like with your kids, like as a parent that has to be 
um, one, something you know that is the right thing to do and also so challenging because I'm sure you don't want to see your children crying. You don't want to see them frustrated and anxious. Like how, how do you handle it with the kids? Is it the same as you do with your partner? Is it just like you let them feel their feelings or do you talk them through it? Yeah, it's a little different with the kids. I know so often from guiding my clients through inner child work, where we acknowledge younger parts of ourselves that have been waiting for us to come back as the adult self, the mature one, um, or from my own work that it, like that, that little one just wants love, right? And so how can I, how can I provide a safe space just to share? And again, not send them off to their room because of their big emotions or say, stop crying. What's wrong with you? And and sometimes, you know, like we'll notice our parents recording that they like laid over our, uh, and and recorded into our brain, like comes out We're like, whoa, where the hell did that come from? But as best I can, I often make space for big emotions in the house. We both do. And I will ask, is there a certain way I can love you right now? Is there something you would like or need from mommy? So they make a request for support. Hmm. Yeah, I just need a hug. Ah, okay, cool. Come give me a hug. And then they're like, okay, I'm good. You know, it's they just have a need that's unexpressed that they didn't know how to speak. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like how different the world could be if like parents of our generation, the generation before were even given that, like, I'm just, you know, I know for, for like my, my dad's, my grandparents were from the depression. There was not even like a luxury to feel your feelings. There was like, so, so little that anyone had. Um, so you just, just dusted yourself off and there was no crying. Right. And there's no touching. There's no hugging. There's a little loving. And I think that like each generation has gotten a bit better at at least understanding that. But I, I do know that most people are like, don't cry in public. Like (laughs) children should be seen, not heard. Like, you know, that kind of a thing. And so I feel like there's a lot of adults out there who, who are really, um, childlike in their big emotions because they've never known how to actually express them and deal with them on their own. It's given me a lot of compassion for my parents who are humans, mm-hmm. right? And once you see your parents in their humanness, you're like, oh, oh, okay. Like you don't have all my answers. Like you don't have to tell me who I need to be. And I don't have to seek your approval anymore. Like I can find that on my own. And there's a grieving in that in discovering they're human. And also I have so much compassion for the parts of them that have come forward as much, much younger childlike parts in in tantrum. I remember a very funny Christmas, uh, funny in that it was interesting, uh, where my dad was basically in a tantrum with my actual child. So his inner child's in a fight with my actual child. And I put them both in their room, (laughs) you know, like let's everyone just take a reset here. And he did, he went to his room and he had a cool down and my son went to his room and he had a cool down and they just needed to be with some, you know, thoughts and things because then it was getting a little bit disrespectful. And, um, I had a chuckle about it because I'm like, well, I, two years ago, I never would have been able to see this for what it was and just handle it from a place of neutrality. And so, um, they came back, we all had a conversation after everyone decided they wanted their own space and that was it. Didn't have to be a thing. It had to be this like family thing that now you no longer see them at Christmas and (laughs) Yeah, but it was like really surreal because I'm like, wow, my dad's inner child is fighting with my actual child. (laughs) (laughs) You know, so thanks. You said two years, like, I guess like 
for the for the people who are like trying to check the boxes in their world what is the i mean obviously it depends on each person but like as you went through your semax and the training like and the coaching that you've seen with people what is what is the length of time for this transformation to happen is it something that can happen overnight is it a lifelong training when when can people start to see a bit of of the results most clients work with me for an average of two years, but I've also had clients be with me in whatever evolution I'm in of coaching for the last decade. So um, this is a lifelong journey. Any personal development, I believe if you're committed to living on the edge and you're truly what I call the 1% woman, which is a woman that sees things differently and she's willing to go to her edge over and over and over again because it's in service to herself and the people she serves, then it is a mountain with no top. Um, and I mean that in a really exciting way, not from a place of brokenness or lack. I mean, we are already healed and whole as we are, and so much more peace is available. This isn't a box to check. And that's the really, that's the learning right there for so many of us that are high achievers. I call this, um, achiever anxiety, right? It's the thing that keeps us locked in to the idea that we need a checkbox at all. This isn't about meditating on a mountain and having all your good come to you. But it is about finding a balance between what if I just allowed things and attracted things while also marrying that with strategy work um, in a way that doesn't have me force, get, or try to control. Um, and so that's really, I'm glad you asked that because that's specifically the niche of women that I work with, uh, yeah. the sick overachievers that are like, just tell me what to do and I'll do it. And I'm like, I know because motivation is not the issue for you. Fucking relaxing is. So <laughs> how do we, how can we relax and not burn our business down or like quit our job? How can we do both? How can we have all the success that we want, but feel really good about it in our body too? Yeah. Oh yeah. You just described many of the people listening. <laughs> I always say I'm a recovering yeah. perfectionist and overachiever and someone's like, well, you can have like, um, I don't think that's possible. And I was like, oh, it's, I don't know that it's possible to be recovered of those two things, but I think I can always be in recovery. And that means I can make mistakes and I can, <laughs> I can make the, I can make the adjustments as needed and yeah. get back on track. Um, so I, I, I feel like that is very helpful for those people listening who are like, okay, but how long? Okay. But when, <laughs> okay. The oh. minute we ask how long we've left the present moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so that in and of itself is why you need this work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm wondering, Carrie, you've done so much and you like you, yeah. you're, you've really, um, you've, you've really had an, an incredible arc in your career. What is it that you're excited about next? Like, are you, is there something that you're being it till you see it next? What's, what's happening next for you? Yeah. So we launched a podcast not long ago, which was a whole other level of being seen for me just on video and recording and hearing my voice. Like, Ooh, that's kind of exposing, isn't it? Um, so that <laughs> oh, was <yeah>. exciting. <laughs> and now I'm getting ready to literally create like the best work of my life. And it's called the Somatic Success Academy. And it's the leadership training every woman needs for her nervous system. So whether you're in corporate or you're the CEO of your own company um, or somebody else's, like if you are a woman in leadership, you will need this. This is going to be ideal for you and your teams. And I'm building out something that does not exist uh, in the way that I think it should. And so that's where I'm at right now. That's what we're building. And we're we're getting ready to do some really massive uh, resales and, and fun masterclasses around it. That's so cool. First of all, what's the name of your podcast so people can listen? Literally First Class. Love that. Yeah. Um, and so I I love where you're going. I love what you're about to, what you're putting together. How have you had to change 
what you what you do in your day to day to step into that? Like, what is that? What does that look like? Ooh, you got to walk with the work, right? Like I said earlier, like the true testimony to mastery is being the deepest embodiment of the walking meditation. Like you live this and people feel it from you. I mean, when you and I met, I was going through like a 30 day makeup free challenge. Um, Y'all, she did makeup free yeah. 30 days and she had a Las Vegas weekend in there and we went to dinner and we went to show. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's the kind of courage that I require myself to show up with. And so I'm not going to teach it if I haven't walked it. Mm-hmm. And I know that I wish this work was available to me years ago. How many times I would have saved myself the burnout and the sickness and all the things that came with the high strung anxiety that I thought I masked so well, mm-hmm. but my body knew better. Yeah. Oh, thank you for sharing that because I think, um, I think it's fun to hear where people have come from and where they're at now. And then also like for like, you know, it, it, there's a mountain with no top and not in a depressing way, in an exciting way. It's like, okay. It's not that like, I, like, I can't stop and settle, but it's like, uh, there is another level that I have now come, become aware of. And like, to be that person, I can't, what got me here won't get me there. Like I got to get to the next. So, so I love, um, hearing that. And I think it's so true. I think where a lot of imposter syndrome can come in is where people are like, see where they want to go, but then they act the way that they are. And then mm-hmm. there's like, yeah, you've, yeah, you're not going to feel good enough to be there because you're not changing the steps around yourself to make sure you can be there. So yeah. Yeah. Everything you're attached to that you, that you think defines you, your titles, the fucking logos, the as seen on the press release, what fuck all that shit. I have all that on my website. I will tell you, it's never made me feel like more enough, right? What's made me feel more enough is finding peace in my body and giving less fucks and playing at the top of every mountain that I then uncover. So yeah, I mean, all that just, it doesn't even, it doesn't even matter at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. Um, so it is, it is a really exciting place to play when you realize you can truly gamify life. Yeah. Oh gosh. Uh, I can't wait to hear how this goes. You'll have to come back and tell us how everything is. Um, and then we'll hear what your next thing is. (laughs) I'm going to take a brief break and then find out where people can work with you, find you, follow you. All right, loves, it's super important to me that supplements I take are of the highest quality, and that's why for three years I've been drinking AG1. Unlike many supplement brands, AG1 is constantly searching for how to do things better. At 52 iterations of their formula and counting, their team is always trying to find better ways to source, test, and aim to find the best quality ingredients available. I love this so much, guys, because so many people think I have to get it right the first time, and they have done 52 different iterations. I freaking love that. So many people have asked me if AG1 is actually the real deal. I really do drink it, and trust me, there's a reason why I've been drinking it for so long. Quality for AG1 isn't just a buzzword. It's a commitment backed by expert-led scientific research, high-quality ingredients, industry-leading manufacturing, and rigorous testing. At each step of the process, AG1 goes above and beyond industry standards. I know I can trust what's in every scoop of AG1 because it's tested for 950 contaminants and banned substances while the industry standard typically only tests for 10. Holy moly. I know that like I'm a recovering overachiever over here, but I'm super glad AG1 isn't. Okay, so taking care of my health shouldn't be complicated and AG1 simplifies this by replacing multiple health supplements like multivitamins, digestive aids, immune support, and more in just one simple scoop. It's literally just one scoop. It's one scoop in one bottle of water. It's amazing. 
AG1's ingredients are heavily researched for efficacy and quality. And I love that every scoop also includes prebiotics, probiotics, and digestive enzymes for gut support. Y'all know I've had gut stuff, so that's why I've been doing it for so long. I've partnered with AG1 for so long because they make such a high quality product that I genuinely look forward to drinking every day. So if you want to replace your multivitamin and more, start with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3 and K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first subscription at drinkag1.com slash beit. That's drinkag1.com slash B-E-I-T. Check it out. All right, Carrie, where do you like to hang out? Where can people learn more about you? Where can they study with you if this is something that's been interesting, intriguing for them? Yeah, if you guys are looking for a program that, you know, might sound interesting for you, whether it be meditations to add to your daily life or a retreat experience where you want to go deeper into something that's really going to rock your fucking world, uh, you can find me at Elevate with Carrie, K-E-R-I.com. Um, and that has all the socials and things on there. We have a bunch. So just go to the website. Perfect. Okay, before I let you go, you've given us some amazing tools already, but be it action items, bold, executable, intrinsic, targeted steps people can take to be it till they see it. Yeah, carve out your morning sandbox. If you don't have a morning practice, it doesn't have to be rise and grind. It doesn't have to be 5.30 a.m. And it can look however the fuck you want it to look. But pick three items that you want to do for 10 minutes each or so and carve out about an hour in your morning and do them in any order that you feel inclined to do them. So couple options could be breath work, meditation, stretching, do some of Leslie's Pilates, or like any of that good juicy stuff that lights you up that's life-giving. Pour into yourself first so that you can then pour into others later in the day. Oh, I could not agree more with all of that. Yes to all of that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love my morning sandbox. Like I, I call it a sandbox. I love it. I love like playing in some days I do the walk and then the red light and then Pilates. Sometimes I do it with like, but I ask myself like, what do I want right now out of these things that light my fire and fill me up? So yes to that. I want to hear y'all. How are you going to use these tips in your life? What, uh, what has, what has Carrie said that has really touched you, changed you, inspired you to do something? Make sure you tag elevate with Carrie, tag the be it pod, share this with a friend, right? Like Imagine if the people in your life uh, could all see you when you're going through something instead of try to hand you a tissue and tell you to bury it. Like, I mean, I think we could have a lot of different holiday situations <laughs> and, right. and vacation situations if that was the case. Carrie, uh, girl, I love you. I wish we were love seeing you. each other way more often. We'll have to do another trip soon. And um, until next time, everyone, be it till you see it. of the Be It Till You See It podcast. One thing that would help both myself and future listeners is for you to rate the show and leave a review and follow or subscribe for free wherever you listen to your podcast. Also, make sure to introduce yourself over at the Be It Pod on Instagram. I would love to know more about you. Share this episode with whoever you think needs to hear it. Help us and others be it till you see it. Have an awesome day. The Atelier Seat is a production of Bloom Podcast Network. It's written, produced, filmed, and recorded by your host, Leslie Logan, and me, Brad Crowell. Our associate producer 
is Amanda Fratarelli. Kevin Perez at Desenio handles all of our audio editing. Our theme music is by Ali at Apex Production Music and our branding by designer and artist Gianfranco Cioffi. Special thanks to our designer Mesh Herico for creating all of our visuals, which you can't see because this is a podcast. And our digital producer, Jay Pedroso, for editing all the video each week so you can't. And to Angelina Herico for transcribing each episode so you can find it on our website. And finally, to Meredith Kroll for keeping us all on point and on time. Hey loves, it's me, Leslie, and I am excited to talk about socks because we need to talk about socks all the time because I love being barefoot. I am not a fan of shoes. You'll rarely see me in shoes. Even when I have people at my house and they're in shoes, I am barefoot or I'm in my toe socks and Tavi Active socks. And the reason is that I've got tile floors and um, they're not so nice to my feet. So I do love a cute sock. And I also only use their socks when I am doing Pilates. I love that they have an amazing sticky gripness to them. It also, when I'm teaching in other people's studios, having those socks on keeps me from slipping around in a studio and really allows me to root where I'm planted. Plus they're freaking cute. Have you seen toe socks and Tavi's socks? I mean, my goodness, they are the cutest styles all the time. The Barbie socks, I can't get enough of. I think I need to buy three pairs. So here's the deal. I want you to get yourself a pair of toe socks or Tavi Active socks, and you can go to beatpod.com slash toe socks. That's going to take you over to toe socks. Feel free to explore a Tavi and you can use my discount code, Leslie, that's L-E-S-L-E-Y to make sure you save some money on your socks because the reality is, is you should just get the most amazing, cutest socks and also save some money because you listen to this podcast. So make sure you check those out the next time you are looking for some socks to wear in Pilates, yoga, bar, or around your house like I do. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.